Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I oppose force. And so what I argued does the rational mind. Yet there are ideologies out there that don't believe in rationality. They believe that they are good and that they are decent, that they are somehow ordained with truth that other people do not have, sometimes referred to as secret knowledge. Barry Weiss made mention of this when she resigned from the New York Times. David Mamet wrote an entire book about the subject. The idea, the theory that some people believe that simply they know and you don't. You see this a lot from college students coming back home to tell their parents that they were taught history wrong. They don't know. They don't understand. But now that they've gone to whatever indoctrinating university, they have the secret knowledge that other people don't seem to have. And it's their job to share this knowledge. And those people who don't agree with the knowledge, well, those people are just the people who need to get educated. I actually received an email today. Somebody wasn't trying to be rude, but they wanted me to look at something. You need to educate yourself. Anytime you tell me I need to educate myself, I consider it to be a personal insult like you just called my mother a skank. It's despicable and it's wrong. Now, I've tried my best to understand that when people say you need to educate yourself, they're just... They're saying you got to take a look at it. They're, they're not trying to be offensive. I've tried to tell myself this. I actually think they're being, they're being offensive, and they need to be told to shove it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It is good to be with you. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. That is the number. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. On Twitter, Tony Katz. Parlor, Tony Katz. Everything at TonyKatz.com. They believe they have a knowledge. Now, this has applied itself most perfectly in the conversation about vaccine mandates. I oppose vaccine mandates. I do not oppose the vaccine. The email I got was to say, you keep saying the vaccine lo works, but look at all the data. Look at all the people getting harmed. There's an interesting bit of data going around, which I am trying to get more of a handle on because I don't play in the what's been going around. I play in the what can I what can I utilize? What is, what, what do we know? First, you see two things. The, the stories about uh, vaccine efficacy going down. <laughs> it's been pretty interesting in terms of it's 95% effective. Well, no, it's 89% effective. No, it's 76% effective. And these are different things in different places. And then you take a look at the number of cases of COVID and you wonder whether or not the vaccine is really doing its job. I argue from the anecdotal from doctors that the vaccine is doing its job and the people that they deal with in hospitals are not people who have been vaccinated. It's the unvaccinated people. But again, the reason I don't believe in force is that I want people to make this decision for themselves. If you argue that 200 million Americans have been vaccinated, I consider that to be an incredibly good number. We know that measles is highly contagious. We don't have all of Americans vaccinated for measles. What makes you think you're going to do it for COVID? And is it really necessary that everybody be vaccinated for COVID? What is this idea for us? We now have OSHA putting forth a rule 
regarding the vaccinations. We're now going to have that rule checked by the Office of Management and Budget. Then we're going to see if it goes forward from there. The lawsuits that arise from this rule because Joe Biden wanted a rule that demanded employers with over 100 employees mandate vaccines. This is different than the vaccine mandates via executive order for government workers and government contractors. This will bring us into the story of American Airlines and Southwest in just a second. But first, let's talk about force. This is Australia. This is the leader of the Northern Territory, Michael Gunner, saying, look, you go, you're, if you even think you're going to come to your job, you're going to be vaccinated. Listen to this. Ask yourself these three questions. Ah, you can't hear it like that. I should play it a little bit better. Listen to this insanity ask yourself these three questions in my work do i come into contact with vulnerable people is my workplace at a higher risk of infection do i work on infrastructure or logistics that are critical to the territory if your answer is maybe or i don't know you need to get the jab critically the direction also applies to industries who directly face customers in circumstances where the worker may not know the vulnerability of the person they are interacting with. So it is simple. If your job includes interacting with members of the public, then you need to get the jab. If you work in hospitality, you need to get the jab. If you work in retail or in a supermarket, you need to get the jab. If you are behind the counter at the bank, if you're a receptionist or positions like that, you need to get the jab. Well, I think they want you to get the jab. Look, I'm no expert on these things, but if I'm listening to Michael Gunner here pretty carefully there in Australia, I think what he's saying is uh, you have to you have to get the jab. But he says it really, really fast. You have to get the jab. But he goes a step further. If you are a barber, a hairdresser, a beauty therapist, you need to get the jab. All these workers and many, many more directly interact with members of the public. That means you are frontline workers in our economy. That means you must be vaccinated. Of course, there can be exemptions, but these are extremely narrow and must be backed up with medical evidence. Simply not wanting the vaccine is not a reason. Today, we're also announcing the date from which this mandate comes into effect. From Saturday, the 13th of November, if you have not received at least your first dose of a vaccine, you will not be permitted to attend your workplace in that role, and a failure to comply with the direction is a $5,000 fine. That means that workers must have received at least their first dose by Friday, the 12th of November, at the latest. You have 30 days. Force. In the Northern Territory of Australia, you are forced to get vaccinated if you're what they call a frontline worker, or they will financially penalize you and bankrupt you to prove their power. But it's not it. It's not to prove their power. The people who keep discussing this as well, it's just a power play. I'm not arguing that they don't want the power. I'm arguing that that's not the frontline thing, and you're thinking about it all sorts of wrong. They believe that they have a secret knowledge. They believe that they are the good and decent ones and that you are the dirty and the unwashed and you must be domesticated like the savage Indians. Tell me the difference. Go on, I'll wait. The people who thought that the savage Native Americans needed to be tamed, as sick and as twisted as that is, What's the difference? What's 
the difference. When you search your feelings and you realize there is none, maybe you'll understand what I'm saying here. They believe that they know something that you don't. As opposed to persuasion, they believe the only way to save you is by force. This is why Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, and Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, have gone the other way. Greg Abbott issued an executive order the other day, cracking down on vaccine mandates, banning any entity in Texas, including private businesses, from requiring vaccinations for employees or customers. Well, this is going the other direction. He's banning you from, as a private business, making this requirement. What United Airlines and Southwest have said is, wait a second. We are contractors for the United States uh, government. In order to keep those contracts, we have to be vaccinated. Sorry, Texas, we're going with vaccinations. We're doing this. In Florida, Leon County fired 14 employees for not complying with the county's forced vaccination policy. And so what he has said is he's fining Leon County more than $3.5 million because of it. And he says we must protect the jobs of Floridians and preserve the ability of Floridians to make their own decisions regarding what shots to take. Now here, there is a unique difference, and I've been going through this all day and further breaking this down. I oppose force. What I favor are people, individuals making their own decisions. Thus, Greg Abbott is wrong. I understand the position, and I like the idea of governors being in favor of their citizens. But he is wrong to tell a private business what they can or cannot do, even if you like it, because what's the difference? It is still force, and we should be opposed to force. We should be engaged in conversations about how it works. People, other people can talk about how it doesn't work. And slowly but surely, year after year, you'll get more people vaccinated. You'll get more people vaccinated. Of course you will. Naturally, it will happen. Fears subside. They see value. They learn other things, and they say, okay. If 200 million of the 330 million Americans are vaccinated, that means there are a lot of kids not vaccinated. One would assume that that's a big part of that 130 million number that's missing. Well, a lot of parents are like, yeah, I'll wait. California wants you to mandate, is now mandating that your five-year-old be vaccinated before they go to kindergarten. You know what parents are saying? Not doing it. Bye. You think it's important to mandate a vaccine for a five-year-old? You're out of your head. You're a ghoul if you think a five-year-old should be forced to take the vaccine. Well, Tony, we we mandate uh, uh, shots for kids all the time. Yes, and there are some parents who don't take them. And those are shots that have been around for a good long time. There's a long history. This has been around for an hour and a half, and we're talking about our kids here. And by the way, kids survive COVID. If COVID did to kids what polio did to kids, parents would be killing each other in the streets for the vaccine. But it doesn't do to kids what polio did to kids. So how about you live in the now? 
if Governor DeSantis wants to fine Leon County for violating Florida law, well, you're talking about a state entity. You're talking about government. Good. Governments cannot force. But a private sector business can. This is not a decision that I'm, I'm not saying that it's a smart decision. I'm not saying that they should. I am simply making the argument that a private business can do what a private business chooses to do. They can make that decision. Now, if they force their their employees into it, I argue that they're wrong because their their methodology is wrong. But Governor Abbott has no say in what a private business does. I oppose laws that say that you're not allowed to have smoking in your restaurant or bar. Who the hell is the state to decide my marketing? Who are these people? Oh, the the awful secondhand smoke. Don't work there. There are millions of jobs out there right now. Go to it. Go work somewhere that doesn't require the smoking. Don't tell me I can't have a smoking section and create the, 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 the environment I've always dreamed of. Who is the state to get involved in my dreams? Oh, they, they never have a good answer for that. They, they, they always say, well, what about, should we have uh, health departments? Well, yes, we should have health departments. No, no one's arguing that you shouldn't have uh, chicken cooked at a certain temperature. That's that's not the the that's not that's beyond not an argument. And by the way, we can have chicken cooked at a certain temperature and not have a health department, just so we're all understanding each other. Force is what we should oppose. So I oppose the state of Texas telling private industry what they can do. I oppose the federal government forcing mandates on contractors. Joe Biden is wrong. The administration is wrong, radical and wrong and dangerous and wrong and in every single way wrong. As for what Jen Psaki has had to say about Governors Abbott and DeSantis. Rather than having the immediate effects. Well, Josh, these requirements are promulgated by federal law. So when the president announced um, his vaccine uh, mandates for businesses, that, of course, we're waiting on OSHA regulations for as a next step, um, that was pursuant to federal law and the implementation of federal law because it's an executive order. So our intention is to implement and continue to work to implement these requirements across the country, including in the states where there are attempts to oppose them. I will say, since you gave me the opportunity, um, Governor Abbott's executive order uh, banning mandates, and I would also note announcement by Governor DeSantis this morning, essentially banning the implementation of mandates, uh, fit a familiar pattern uh, that we've seen of putting politics ahead of public health. Over 700,000 American lives have been lost due to COVID-19, including more than 56,000 in Florida and over 68,000 in Texas. And none of that matters. What's wrong with you doesn't matter what you throw out there it doesn't matter force is still wrong it's a virus why will you use force on the american citizen but you won't use it on china who is guilty of providing us covid19
I just want to make sure we were engaged properly and we were dissecting properly. Pretty important stuff. Agree, disagree, let me know. Twitter at Tony Katz, the phone number 833 got Tony. I'm Tony Katz, keep it here. All right, I, I I really thought I was done with the Australia story. I swear to you, I swear to you, I thought I was done. And then um, this came out. Uh, this is from uh, Australia's uh, New South Wales, uh, I think it's New South Wales, Chief Health Officer, Kerry Chant. Uh, all right, look. Uh, you know, hands on the wheel, people. I A lot of truckers listen. I need you people on the roads. More than ever, I need you people on the roads. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, talking about the insanity of Australia, the mandates, the doctrines uh, going on about uh, vaccines and, and, the, and the arrest, the fines. It, here you go. And respond. Um, your level of restrictions, what you permit, it may be that we actually have indoor mask wearing um, for years. And this virus may throw us curve balls. There may be, you know, we've got the Delta variant. God help us if we have another variant. For years. The conversation that comes to me more than any other is this is all about control. I don't argue that control has a piece in this. But masks for years is fear is fear and the belief that somehow this is doing right, that their fear should be pushed on to you. Why aren't you afraid? Well, no matter and no mind, you just do this because we are. And if you don't, fines, jail, maybe a good old re-education camp, huh? And that's where the control comes in. The control, people talk about that top line. It's not, and, and, and you have to, to see it all. The control comes in after the belief that they are the higher power, as opposed to the people being the power and rationally engaging conversations. Meanwhile, the economy is getting wrecked. People are leaving the workforce, and the supply chain issue is not getting any better. Economist Dr. Matt Will scheduled to be with us to break it all down. Keep it right here. This is Tony Katz today. How in the world do 4.3 million people quit their jobs? And did anybody know until today there was something called a quits report? And what in the world is with the supply chain issues? Joe Biden's scheduled to speak about it, but but what? where's the real issue? How do you fix it? Is this manpower or is this economics at play? And it has no easy answer. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it is good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, everything with TonyKatz.com. The phone number, 833-468-8669. Dr. Matt Will joins us right now, economist at the University of Indianapolis, follows these trends. I want to start with this quits report. As we know, the unemployment 
uh, jobs, the jobs report, 194,000 instead of 500,000 that we predicted. But this number that in August, 4.3 million people quit their job. Did they not take another job? What's, what should we be looking at here? You know, Tony, we don't know what they're doing right now. We know that the 4.3 million, though, was the highest number ever reported since this report started back in 2000. Um, this is uh, we have 10.4 million openings in the country right now, and we had a record number of people quit and walk away from their jobs, 2.9 percent. We've never seen these kind of numbers before. And, Tony, this is also another indicator. It tells us of confidence that people have that they can get another job or maybe they won't get a job at all because most of these quits were in retail and uh, jobs that, you know, not, not on the higher end of the pay scale. So people are leaving their jobs thinking, I'm not going to have a problem finding another job, or I don't need a job, which is a very scary thing for someone to say when we have a labor shortage in the country right now. So that's, that's where it gets confusing. Let's make the argument that we had people say, I don't need a job. I don't need this. They quit. Sometimes what I've learned is uh, on the quits report, people quit a job. It could be a positive. They took another job because there was availability and opportunity. Here, we're not seeing those jobs get replenished. That means they're getting the money from somewhere, but we know the extended unemployment benefits have ended. So where else are they getting the money, doctor? You know, Tony, that's an interesting misperception. It is true that the federal government has stopped their enhanced benefits, but the states are stepping in. And guess what? The state that's making the biggest problem right now in the labor shortage is California, where we have the supply chain ships backed off, backed up off the, off the Los Angeles port. Because what happened is um, California has offered $5.2 billion of enhanced benefits for people to pay their rent when as, as soon as the rent extension, um, the rent moratorium was lifted by the federal government. So in California, now that you don't, you know, now that the moratorium's gone and you have to pay your rent according to the federal government, California will pay you to not pay your rent. They're going to give you the money to cover your rent. And so in California, where we have a labor shortage at the port of, Los, of, of Long Beach, and we don't have enough people driving the trucks and unloading the ships and in the warehouses, California will pay your rent for you. So you don't have to go back to work right now. And there's another complication, Tony, and that is that the savings rate was skyrocketing during COVID because the federal government was throwing money at people. Now the savings rate has plummeted to a near record low because people are starting to spend their savings. So it's a combination of a place like California paying you not to work and you uh, living off the savings that you've built up over the last 18 months. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis. You bring up the supply chain. You're at the airport right now, and I'm, I'm, I'm amazed you can even get on a flight. Is everything, by the way, is everything taken off properly? Um, actually, it's pretty funny you say that because, of course, Southwest is having cancellations left and right. Uh, again, labor shortage. Um, and so there is interesting uh, lines. Some airlines are doing better than others. Well, labor shortage or uh, sick out, <laughs> even though it's, you know, uh, on, on the down low, it is what it is. But let's talk about the supply chain issues. We've been uh, discussing on, on my Cigar and Bourbon show, Eat, Drink, Smoke, for a month. You better get your Christmas gifts because you won't be able to get them. Now we've got the White House saying you might see some bare shelves. We're seeing in supermarkets bare shelves and and and. Things not being available, which isn't about not being able to produce the food. It's about being able to get the food to you or getting the employees there to be able to produce the food. We have the possibility of food. We're just not producing it. We're just not getting it out. 
And then, of course, you talk about the ports. You discuss the real issue at the port of, for example, Long Beach, Los Angeles, which is the ninth largest port in the world, being a lack of workers. Joe Biden, the president, scheduled to speak on this today. How are you going to force people to do this? We can send in the National Guard like we're sending them in for nurses? Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because, if you know, he has said that he wants a national mandate on vaccines. Hey, I'm pro-vaccine. I've got my vaccine. I encourage people to get it. But let me tell you, when the federal government sends the, you know, the, the military and the police to force you to do something, I don't think people respond positively to that. So what's he going to do, force people in Los Angeles to go back to work? It's interesting because the government is going to force you to work, but the government is also paying you not to work. Why doesn't the government just get out of the way of both and let the free economy solve itself? Uh, the government doesn't like getting out of the way of the economy, and certainly one can argue that when it comes to the supply chain, they're going to get in the way. But is the problem of the supply chain just the American worker not being able to unload a cargo ship? Because this seems to be happening in other nations and other places, and the administration wants to put this directly on the shoulders of COVID. Is it a COVID-related issue solely? That That is absurd for them to say that, Tony, because they also are expanding the regulations. Uh, you know, Trump was a big fan of deregulating. And what we have seen, and people at the port of Long, Long Beach have actually reported this, that there it takes longer for government inspectors to come in and approve something to be unloaded off a ship and sent off to somewhere in the United States. So there's a massive amount of regulation. Then there's a bigger demand on it. Because we have now energy dependence, where we used to have energy independence, there's now an expanded use of ports and labor in order to handle the shipping of oil. Because remember, even if your oil comes from the Middle East, it's usually refined in a place like Texas. And so we're now expanding the amount of refining that's being done in Texas. We're expanding the number of imported oil. And so that requires more stress on the labor pool. Um, it is one thing after another, Tony. And a lot of these countries have restrictions on who can go in and out of their country. I mean, something we can't discuss here for time, but there's a labor problem on ships. Because people have been stranded on ships between four months and 18 months, not being able to get off their ships. The Wall Street Journal had a really good piece on this. And that's also part of this, the labor problem, is the government's not allowing workers in and out of their country. And we are guilty, Tony. We don't allow people from other countries that, that staff these ships to get into the United States to get on the ship. By the way, this is a, a really incredible uh, thing to learn that when people engage in these ships, take jobs on these ships to do the loading and unloading and, and the care of the ship, um, they're so busy and they're doing so much. There are times where it's a year and a half before they leave the boat. Not We're not even talking about stretching your legs on land. You can't leave the boat. It is an incredible story, which leads to less people wanting to do this work. The question before us is, we, we see tweets from the, the Department of Transportation and Secretary Pete Buttigieg. We hear that President Biden is going to say something. What are the moves that have to make in order to get people into the place where we're having these ships unloaded and the truckers available to bring the product from point A to point B? <laughs> Tony, it, it, it's not that complicated. 92% of all the goods around the world go by container ship. 92%. Okay, we just mentioned the fact that the governments are not allowing people on and off ships. The government is not processing visas for workers to cross borders. The government is not allowing regulators to allow the goods in and out of their country. And the government is banning travel, lockdowns, government regulation, travel restrictions, Tony. These things are killing the supply chain. And it's all government created. Talking to you, Dr. Matt Will, economist with the University of Indianapolis.
One of the questions, of course, is uh, policy put forth by uh, the by the, the the U.S. government, policy put forth by the Biden administration. Is there a specific policy that the Bidens have engaged over the last nine months, ten months, that if they took back one policy, we'd see a better economy and more people back to work? You know what? Okay, I, I can't say one. One, remove the mandate so that everybody that we need to work can work and isn't being fired for not following a mandate. Two, eliminate lockdown restrictions on travel. You know, Europeans still can't get here. Tony, people from the Philippines, people from Indonesia, these are folks that man the ships of the world, and they can't get to the port of Los Angeles. They can't get to the port of Miami. They can't get to uh, Norfolk, Virginia. Eliminate the travel restrictions. Eliminate the lockdowns. Eliminate the mandates. These government bureaucracy rules have, have stifled the entire global economy. Dr. Matt Will, University of Indianapolis economist, I appreciate you taking the time. We've got more to get to. I'm Tony Katz. So John Gruden should not have been fired, but he wasn't fired. He quit. But the idea that John Gruden had to be canceled for his emails, well, we shouldn't be the society that does such a thing. However, I'm not saying I agree with the emails. I strongly disagree with them. Emails that were misogynistic. I didn't catch that one person. Maybe I just didn't read it. Homophobic. I don't know if it was homophobic. It was certainly strange. Racist. It was ugly. It was what it was. It was what it was. And if he wants to argue that things are being taken out of context, he's more than welcome to. But what kind of person doesn't know that the emails will be used against you? Nothing is safe. And I'm saying that that's not right. I am saying that things should be safe. I'm saying nothing is. I'm saying it should be. You should know this. You should be aware of this. He should not have had to resign. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers should not be taking his name out of the ring of honor. What madness, because he said something derogatory about a black person? I think it's ugly. Richard Sherman plays for the Buccaneers and he's being charged with domestic battery. So what are we discussing here? As I often discuss, and you can see this in my latest video over at redstate.com, use promo code CATS, K-A-T-Z, get the discount. It's awesome. Redstate.com. Never forget that Mike Tyson raped a woman. And they gave him cartoons, movies, and a Broadway show. And if you think what John Gruden did is worse than what Mike Tyson did, my God, Jed, I don't even want to know you. And I am not condoning what John Gruden said. But this story is kind of interesting for another reason. Never mind where we are as a society with cancel culture. And so thrilled to see guys like Dave Chappelle standing up against it. Dave Chappelle taking heat for his Netflix series where he's, he's down with J.K. Rowling. Uh, gender is a fact. Men are not women and women are not men. And oh, how dare you? Oh, it's bigotry. Oh, it's hate. It's not hate. It's not bigotry. It's silliness. Damon Wayans has now come out to support him and said that he freed the slaves, meaning comics. 
Now, I think there's been a lot of people who have been engaged in this conversation of being able to speak. We were slaves to PC culture, said Damon Wayans. And he just, you know, as an artist, he's Van Gogh. He cut his ear off. He's trying to tell us it's okay. Yes, it is. And soon after the special was released on Netflix, 18,000 people went to see Dave Chappelle at the Hollywood Bowl. And he was like, well, this is getting canceled. This is great. Pushing back on cancel culture is everything. These people are not in charge of our lives, and they cannot be allowed to think so. They must be pushed back upon. They're wrong. We will say what we want to say, and you will have to deal with the indignity of it all. You're not special. You're not sacred. You take hits. We take hits. Everybody takes a hit. Stop caring so much. You know what I've learned to do with Twitter? Delete, block, delete, block, delete, block, block, mute, block, mute, mute. That's all. Life is a lot better. But one of the other interesting stories to come out of this John Gruden story is that the emails that were found from 2011, 10 years ago, were sent to the Washington football team. And they used to be called the Washington Redskins, and then that became acceptable. So now they're the Washington football team, and I love that name. I love that they're the Washington football team. The president there is Bruce Allen who was the head, he was the general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when John Gruden was the coach. And that's who John Gruden was emailing when he said these things that were, they were rude, they were, they were gross, that's all. Well, Adam Schefter, he writes for ESPN. He is now facing blowback because it turns out he sent emails to top brass at the Washington football team Saying, hey, it's an article I'm going to write. Let me know if you got any problem with it. Do I have any? What do you mean? Why are you checking with them to see if they have any problem with it? Sometimes you will send a story to somebody for a quote, for accuracy, give them a chance to, to understand what it's about and speak about it. Was he sending it to the team to make sure it was okay to publish? So that's not journalism, right? Journalism is printing what the other guy doesn't want printed. Everything else is public relations. I believe that's George Orwell, or is that Orson Welles? It's, it's one of them. So he sent a story to Bruce Allen, which focused on the lockout, and uh, he wrote, please let me know if you see anything that should be added, changed, or tweaked. To which he added, thanks, Mr. Editor, for that, and the trust. Plan to file this to ESPN about 6 a.m. So people are very unhappy with Adam Schefter because I think Schefter's a pretty trusted name in sports. I'm not wrong about that, Ari, am I? No, he's, uh, he's very reputable. So does this make him less reputable? I look at it differently because I have a journalism degree, and I, you know, I, this is unsavory, and it's not good practice, but I've done it before. So, I mean, I, I empathize. But you've done it before. What were you trying to get accomplished? Oh, I had a, I, I was working on the stories for years ago when I was uh, at college, and I was trying to – I had this great source and a great content, and I wanted to make sure they were happy it so I could do the article again, a different article with them at a different time, so I gave them Final Cut, which unethical as hell, but I was 19 years old, so what are you going to do about it? Well, you should go to jail. We should consider canceling you right now. Does this affect Schefter's ability to get scoops? No, the reason he was able to get scoops is because stuff like this that he he bends to the to the own, to the owners and the people in power. Is that what it takes to get scoops? I, it's it's not how it should, but I bet you it helps. Well, we're gonna find out.
We're going to find out because now, you know, ESPN is, is on the clock, if you will. ESPN now has to deal with this. Just like they're going to have to deal with the fact that Gruden was working for them at the time. What other emails are out there? What else got said? By whom? Will there be differences of thoughts if the author of an email that has something um, shameful in it is black or white? Male or female? Gay or straight? We're going we're to find out. We're going to find out. But anything that puts the nail in cancel culture is good. And anybody who thinks you're not allowed to talk about this, that, or the other because it's offensive, uh, your offense means zero. It's not the way it works. Stop caring so much. Meanwhile, Biden's up against it. Nothing's working. Noah Rothman has that breakdown. And what this administration might try next, desperate people do desperate things. I'm Tony Katz. Keep it right here.